You're listening to sermon audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, you can visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and laying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This is God's word. All right. Good morning. Again. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't catch it earlier, my name is Aaron, one of the pastors here at King's Cross Church, and it's a joy to, to be able to open up the scriptures together. And um, yeah, this story in particular, it's a, you know, familiar to many of us as we, um, we read these stories each year uh, at Christmas time. We, um, we're familiar with, with the stories of, of Mary and Joseph coming coming to Bethlehem, having no room in the inn. We're familiar with the story of the angels coming down um, and, and proclaiming the, the good news to, to the shepherds. Um, just a, a quick recap for us. As, um, as we've been in this, this little Advent series that we're, we've been in, um, two weeks ago, Chad preached from Ezekiel chapter 37, where uh, Ezekiel has you know, two, two sticks, and, and one of them is, is named Ephraim, and one of them is named Judah, and they're, they're separate representing how the kingdom of, of Israel at, this, at that time is, is divided. But God is going to bring them together. So Ezekiel is, is told by God to, to put the sticks together and, and show that, that God is going to unite people. Then last week we, we talked about how the way that that happens is, is through suffering. We looked at Isaiah chapter 53, how, how there's a suffering servant, suffering servant that because of his suffering, he's able to able to receive the glory. So this week we're we're kind of putting those together. God is going to unite the people through the Savior that comes, the King, the come, the Messiah, the Lord, coming to Earth. We expect when when God comes to Earth, we expect magnificence and and you know the most glorified place on on earth is worthy of God but that's not that's not who God is he's he's humbled himself and he's come and the angels say that you know, the sign of 
of the Savior coming is, is the baby in the manger. I heard a story on a podcast this, this past week about Michael Jordan, famous basketball player from the, from the 90s. Um, he decided pretty much the, the day of the Kentucky Derby that he wanted to go to it. And so he got on his, his private jet and he flew to, to Louisville and he asked for, um, you know, one of, his, one of his handlers, one of his people came and was like, hey, I've got Michael Jordan here. You have any, any spots for him? You know, preferably a, a suite right in the middle, best view. And they're like, no, it's the day of the Kentucky Derby. We've been sold out for months. And, um, and then Michael Jordan walks up and they're like, oh, it's really Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, we can, we'll find you a spot. And, you know, they kick people out and let Michael Jordan come in. You would think that, that God coming, the Savior coming, would have that kind of treatment. We would expect that in, in our worldly terms. But, but Jesus shows us, you know, from his, his birth, who he is as a Savior. That he's humble. As we read in Philippians 2 just a minute ago, that he humbled himself at birth and even to the point of death. So the sign of the Messiah here is, is the baby in a manger, born in illegitimacy, heralded to, to shepherds outside the city, wrestling among the animals. But Jesus being born in these humble circumstances shows us who he is and who he will be for the rest of his life. Jesus came to us knowing that we could never be good enough to come to him. Let me pray for us as we as we dive into the text. Father, I got to thank you for just the the picture of of Jesus and and how he sacrificed so much. He gave up perfection and and no suffering, no darkness in heaven. And he came down to to suffer and, and to experience pain and experience loss and experience suffering for us to make a way for, for us to be brought into your kingdom. Pray that you would open our hearts today as we as we look at this text and, and speak to us. Allow us to hear from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so I'm going to have three sections for us. So first, um, verses 8 through 12, the delivery of the good news. And then, um, or the declaration, I think, of I said, um, in the verses 13 and 14, this affirmation of the good news as, as the multitude of, of angels joins in with the initial angel. They affirm the good news. And then verses 15 to 20, how do we respond to the good news? So first of all, verses 8 through 12, the delivery, the proclamation of the good news. Verse 8, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in their fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. So let's look at this context a little bit. Who is it? It's shepherds, right? So if you've been, if you grew up in church and, and you're familiar with, with the Bible, you, you kind of know that, that a shepherd is, is typically a, a good thing in biblical terms. Um, you know, David was, was a shepherd before he became king. And um, Psalm 23, famous psalm, you know, it says the Lord is, is our shepherd. But shepherds in these days, they've kind of fallen from that reputation. They're viewed as, you know, kind of, they're outcasts, they're 
kind of kind of skeevy because they um, oftentimes they'll they'll take their sheep through other people's land and not worry about the, uh, the sheep eating you know the from other people's pastures. So they're not any kind of high class people, and so it's kind of un- unexpected that that God would would choose these shepherds to to be among the the first to to receive the good news. It says that they're staying out, at, keeping watch at at night. So the who is the shepherds? The when is is at night. This is a more vulnerable time for the for the sheep. You know, oftentimes they'll. Um, Chad last week talked about sheep kind of not being the sharpest tools in the shed. They'll, they'll just kind of wander off and, and get lost. Sometimes a sheep will wake up in the middle of the night and just start wandering away from the flock. And so a shepherd has to, to kind of bring it back in, has to keep watch at night. It's a more vulnerable time for, for predators to come in. And so the, the shepherds are, are active and, and alert. It says that in the same region, so right before this in um, verses 1 through 7, it talks about how Joseph and, and Mary have to come to, to Bethlehem, to the city of David. And so they're in the same region near Bethlehem. One thing to, to note here is that, that this area a lot of times has the, the sheep that were used in the temple. And so some of these shepherds might be taking care of the, the sheep that would be used in, in temple sacrifices. So it's interesting to to think about how these guys might, you know, Jesus is going to put them out of a job, right? Because they don't need sheep to be sacrificed anymore because Jesus is is going to come and and be the sacrifice. Verse 9, it says, An angel of the Lord stood before them, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So they're there at night, it's dark, and then all of a sudden an angel shows up and, and the glory of the Lord is there. We recently um, replaced our, our dining room fixture, light fixture. We changed it from a, a one-bulb fixture to a three-bulb. And so now, if we go early in the morning, right after we wake up and we flip the light on, it's, it's so bright. It's just like, that's too much. You've got to kind of work your way up there. You turn the little stove light on first and then um, maybe the hall light, and then finally you're, you're ready. Shepherds didn't get that, right? The angel came and boom, glory, brightness, boom. <laughs> Oftentimes in the Bible, seeing the glory of the Lord, it leads to, to fear, right? And the shepherds are, are afraid. We see, um, you know, one, one famous passage where we see that is Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, you know, says, in the, king that, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. And so verse 5, as, as he sees that, sees the hem of the robe fill the whole temple, he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. It's kind of the, the natural response when we see God's glory. We see who he is. This revelation is just, just a, a picture of it, a, a glimpse of it through the angels. So the shepherds are, are afraid. The angel says, don't be afraid. And he says, why? 
Here's why you shouldn't be afraid. Look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is good news. It's of great joy. And it's for all people. Here's this news. A Savior was born today. In the city of David, right here, there's a Savior that has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The original language kind of puts these terms together here is the the Messiah Lord, right? These are our big key terms, right? Messiah, promised one. It's the, the Hebrew version of the word Christ. The promised one, the anointed one. He's the Messiah. He's the one that, that Jews have been looking forward to for, for hundreds of years. They don't know what this Messiah is going to be like. You know, they, they're expecting a, a worldly ruler that's going to come at this time rescue them from, from Rome. We talked about how the Samaritans are, are looking for a, a prophet, right? A, a prophet a, that's better than, than Moses. So there's some uncertainty on, on who the Messiah is, but, but they've been looking forward to him, and, and the angel proclaims that he's here. And he also gives them, gives this Messiah a new identity, right? as he says he's the Lord, too. This word Lord is, is pretty much always used for God in the scriptures. You know, it's the the way that, um, you know, God introduces himself to, to Moses as we looked at Exodus last, or this spring. You know, the Lord says to, to Moses, I am Yahweh, right? And and the Jews were, were so, so worried about offending God. And so, yeah, so they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even say, Yahweh, right? They would say the name. They would say Adonai instead of saying Yahweh. And so, as the angel says, this is the Messiah, the Lord, Yahweh. It's very big news. The Savior has come. A baby who is, who is Christ, who is the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, right here. How are they going to find him? Surely, as we said, surely he's in some kind of palace, the nicest house in Bethlehem, but he's not. He's hanging out with the animals in a feeding trough, wrapped tightly in cloth and in a manger. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. It seems like the, the shepherds don't have a lot of time to, to ponder that. Right then, a chorus of angel, angels come to join this other angel to affirm the good news. Verses 13 and 14. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. So this angel chorus comes in to join the other angel. A multitude of the heavenly hosts. Heavenly hosts being kind of a a synonym of, of heavenly army. Right, it's this, this heavenly army that comes to proclaim a message of peace. They're praising God. They have, they have two messages. Right? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. The heavenly army comes and, and they're giving glory to God. This is the constant refrain of angels as we see in the, in the scriptures. Revelation 5. 
you're looking forward to to the angels around the throne in heaven. John has this this vision of, of heaven and he says, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also the living creatures and the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. You can never give God enough praise. The angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest forever is not going to be enough. Us joining them, never going to be enough. The other night, I was singing a, a song to, to my daughter, Ruth, as, as she was um, going to bed, and she wanted to sing a song called A Thousand Hallelujahs. And she said that it would take a long time to, to say A Thousand Hallelujahs. And I said, yeah, it will. But we'll have so much time to praise God in heaven as we spend eternity with him and we give him thousands and millions and billions and trillions of hallelujahs and it's still not as much as God deserves. So the angels proclaim glory to God in the highest and they proclaim peace on earth to the people he favors. This is a a cool phrase. It's, It's a little bit, you know, tough to translate exactly. It's it's kind of peace on earth among the people of, of his good pleasure. As the kids were, were uh, quoting this, these verses last week, you know, they were quoting from NIV, and it says, the people on, on whom his favor rests. So the, the people that, that get God's pleasure, his, his favor, those on whom his favor rests, that's us, the church. Anyone is welcome to, to receive God's favor. But if you reject the, the invitation, if you reject God's way, you don't have his favor. You know, the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but, but he opposes the proud. If we're proud and we're thinking that, that our way is the best way, then God is opposing us. But we can have peace. If we're in God's favor, if we if we rest in Him, we can have peace. Psalm forty six ten, famous verse: "Be still and know that I am God." You know the the CSB says says stop fighting. ESV says cease striving. So, so stop striving and, and fighting. Have peace. Be still. Know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. Exalted on the earth. Another way that, that we can have peace and, and rest is um, from Matthew chapter 11 is, as Jesus says, come to me you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And he's talking to the Pharisees who, who put this, this yoke on themselves of, of having to, to follow God's law above and beyond what he says. If we feel like we have to do that, we have to carry our own burden and, and bear our own yoke then we'll never have we'll never have peace. Jesus says, Come to me. Take my yoke on you. 
give you rest for your souls. There's a massive peace that, that comes from not fighting against our flesh, not fighting against God, being in the fold with God on your side. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to the people he favors. This chorus of angels comes in and joins the first angel. They affirm the good news. They clarify it even more that, that this, this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord is the same Lord that, that deserves all glory. The one who is in the, in the manger in this little town is the same God who, is, who created the whole universe. He is the way that, that peace is going to truly come to earth. So that good news is, is amazing, and it, de- it demands a response. Verses 15 to, to 20, we see the response to the good news. Angels had left them and returned to heaven. The shepherds were there. You think they're just waiting around? That Hey, maybe next time we'll, we'll go to Bethlehem, we'll, we'll check this out. No, they go right away. That's a natural response. Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I was imagining the scene as the, as the shepherds go and they try to find which of the stables in the town has, has the baby in it, has the Messiah. You just imagine them, this busy town, they go in and they knock on the door of, of one stable and they're like, hey, are there, are there any babies in here? No, no babies in here. This is a stable. And then they go off and the people that were there are like, that was weird. What are they, what are they talking about? <laughs> so they, they go from stable to stable trying to find the manger that has the baby in it. And they finally find Mary and Joseph. If I were the shepherds, I'd, I'd have a little smidge of doubt, you know. Was I hallucinating? Maybe I ate some weird food or something and that I'd imagine these angels? But no, I come to this stable. I see this baby in the manger. It's got to be validating and, and comforting. So as you know, Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem and they, um, they came for, for this census and... Um, because lots of people were coming into town, Mary and Joseph probably weren't the only ones that, that were stuck in the stable. I wonder if you know anybody else in the stable with them knew any of their situation. Angels had come to, to Mary and, and Joseph and proclaimed to them that the, the baby was, was the Messiah. He was Jesus. He was special. So it was probably comforting for them as the shepherds came and relayed their story to hear that that this really is a big deal. It says that all who heard it were amazed. You know, they proclaimed that you know, an, an angel came and, and gave us this good news that that this this savior, this baby, he's the Messiah. He's the Lord. And other angels came and, and proclaimed glory to God in the highest heaven.
They were all amazed. But Mary was treasuring these things and meditating on them. Mary is a, an interesting character in here. Just even reading back in, in um, chapter 1 as, as Gabriel visits Mary and, and he proclaims to her, this is um, chapter 1, verse, verse 30, 31. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. As Gabriel gave that, that promise for that baby, Mary's only question is, is how? I'm a virgin. How, how can this be? Nothing about, about this, this identity of, of the Messiah. She seems like she's taking some time to process, has a lot to, to think about. I bet her mind is, is racing on, on what it means to, to be mom to the Messiah. What's it going to be like over the next, next decades as, as I'm raising this, this boy who's going to save the world? So Mary's pondering. Everybody's amazed. Verse 20, the, the shepherds return. They go back. But they're glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. It's, it's wild to, to put yourself in, in the shoes of these shepherds, knowing that that, that was the Messiah. He's the one who's going to rescue us. They know it's going to be years, decades before this boy grows up and and saves them, but but they have this this new identity, this new hope. They're able to glorify and praise God in a new way. The God who has been silent for so long, who has seemed so far away, sent angels to them, came to them in this dark night, gave them this promise. I know that the the night is almost over. It's going to get better. So a few applications for us from this passage. Number one, ultimately, believe this good news. Believe that, that God made a way for us to be saved. Remember what it means that this that God, the Savior, this, this Messiah, he humbled himself and, and was born and was laid in a manger. Know who that God is. Believe that good news. Know that you have hope in God no matter what situation you're in. The God who is, who is willing to, to do this and, and willing to, to give up his life as a God that can can save you, can give you hope, give you joy, no matter what situation you're in. So believe the good news, respond to the good news, initially through believing it. But as Christians, it's a it's a continual life of of reminding ourselves of the good news, of repenting of our sins, knowing that 
that no matter what, no matter how many times we sin, how many times we fall short, God is always there. We repent. We obey. We respond to the good news. And then third, proclaim the good news. The angel came, proclaimed the good news. The shepherd's initial response was, was to follow. Let's go see what had happened. That the Lord has made known to us. And they, they, they share their, their story with, with Mary and Joseph and those in the stable. That good news that the angel brought, it's good news for them. It's good news for, for us. It's good news for all people today. The shepherds had this wonderful privilege of, of hearing the gospel straight from these angels. They're able to share that news with others. All those in the stable had opportunity to, to see a new side of God. I think God is humble that he came, was made man. The good news that the, the Lord has come and humbled himself to the major is the beginning of of who Jesus is, his whole life being one of humility. Not only did he not have a palace or anything when he was born, but he, he never did. Even though he was called king of the Jews at, at his death, he gave up heaven, he gave up earthly glory, he gave up his life. That's the essence of, of the gospel, the essence of, of who Jesus is. God knew that we couldn't come to him so he came to us throughout the Bible we see that that this humility leads to Jesus' glory as we saw in Isaiah 53 last week servant suffers and therefore he's glorified therefore he receives the, the spoils Philippians 2 as we read earlier he gave up his life he humbled himself to the point of death therefore God has highly exalted him. Gave him the name above every name. So let's receive that good news. Let's believe in that Savior. And let's proclaim it to others. Let's pray.